developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson reteam in the musical biopic The Banshee Ed Sheeran, and I've got my thoughts right now. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm being told that they've reteamed in the Irish farcical comedy drama The Banshees of Sharon, and I've got my thoughts right now. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Merle, and welcome to my review of Martin McDonough's new film, The Banshees of Inisharan. It's just a fun little game I play. This is the fourth feature film from writer-director Martin McDonough, following In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Two of McDonough's screenplays have been Oscar-nominated so far, and I have heavy suspicions that this will be the third. Inisharan is a fictional Irish island, but the movie was filmed on location in the real Ireland. These landscapes would be hard to make look bad, but they are brought to beautiful life by cinematographer Ben Davis. But this movie's got a lot more going for it than just some fancy scenery. In this movie, perhaps more than any of his other ones, you can see Martin McDonough's roots as a playwright. Because this is a story that, to an outside observer, doesn't seem like it has a whole lot of stakes. It might be even laughably low stakes for some people. In 1923, on the isolated island of Inisharan, Parig, played by Colin Farrell, is distressed to learn that his best friend Colm, played by Brendan Gleeson, has decided seemingly overnight that he doesn't want to be friends anymore. I just don't like you no more. You do like me. I don't. You liked me yesterday. Oh, did I? Yeah. And that's really the basic thrust of this story, the inciting incident and really the conflict that takes up the whole movie. But it's not just this one thing that defines the film. It's watching the story as it twists and turns and as we see this situation escalate over the movie's running time. With each rejection, Parig grows more and more determined to win his friend back and Colm goes to even greater extremes to prove just how much he wants to be rid of Parig. Are you rowing? I didn't think we were Rowan. Well, you are Rowan. Well, you are Rowan. He's sitting outside in his own like a watchman call. That does look like we're Rowan. If this movie was set in modern day, or if it were set in a bustling metropolis, 1923 New York City, then it wouldn't work because the idea of somebody not wanting to be friends with you anymore doesn't seem like a premise that could sustain an entire movie. But it makes sense on the island of Inisharan where people are sparse and friends are even harder to come by. When you live in a world this small, the loss of a friend is absolutely devastating. Parik lives with his sister Siobhan, who's played by Carrie Condon, who provides them with love, food, and conversation, but it's clear how losing Colm is a huge blow. Colm is a man of culture and arts, an accomplished fiddler, and a fountain of interesting conversation. In the wake of his friend's departure, Parik is left to socialize with Dominic, the local idiot, played with a wonderfully dim glee by Barry Keown. You're still bad, Dominic! Out! You said bad until April. Well, what do we know? April! Don't be bothering the women. There's women. There is women. And good ones. 
But Dominic isn't great company, and Parak often finds that his only confidant is his pet miniature donkey, Jenny, who I predict will be a breakout star of the 2022 awards season. I'm a fan of Martin McDonough's, but in particular, I am a huge fan of In Bruges, and that's why I was delighted to hear that we were getting another movie from McDonough with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson in the leads, because that is a reteaming of those two actors from that film. And it's not a wasted opportunity, because most of the screen time is devoted to these two characters, to this battle of wills between former best friends, as they and we try to figure out who's going to break first. It's also a really brilliant script by Martin McDonough. It's one of those movies where you get to the end of it and you look kind of back at the beginning of it and you go, wait a minute, how did we get there from here? But not in a way like you don't understand the journey, in appreciation of a journey. It's sort of like the metaphorical frog in a pot of boiling water. If you had told me when the movie started where we would be an hour in, I'd say, well, that's ridiculous. But every single thing that happens in this movie makes sense when connected to the thing before. And as things keep on going further and further down the line with all of the escalation that you see, what makes it funny is the believability of it all. And that's the strength of the plot and the strength of these characters. This story could easily have been mounted on stage. I think there are only about a dozen credited actors, and as I mentioned, most of the action goes to Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. But the reason this movie doesn't feel too confined, doesn't feel very stagey, is because Martin McDonough really opens up the world of Sharon. By setting the movie nearly a century ago, we see a corner of the Earth that is basically gone now, where people are specks swallowed up by the vast open land around them, and where the problems of the outside world where things are more civilized are mere rumor and speculation. This movie is set in the real world, but it is so far removed from the world that we know today that it basically plays like a fantasy, and that gives Martin McDonough license to do so much with the characters. In addition to Gleason and Farrell, Carrie Condon does some fine work as Parag's sister Siobhan, who seems to be the only character who's beginning to grasp just how inconsequential the happenings of a handful of people on one small Irish island are beginning to feel. Was she never Wild. Wild? Wild how? Angry? Because I'm getting angry now, I can tell you. Not angry, wild. You just keep saying wild. Barry Keown is building a wonderful resume of weirdos and misfits, and he has created a doozy with Dominic, who wears many hats as the town jester, troublemaker, and charity case. I don't know what Barry Keown's acting method is or why he makes the choices that he makes, but he is becoming one of those actors who I am happy to see pop up in any kind of film. Indie film, blockbuster, doesn't matter. He's doing something interesting. I loved The Banshees of Sharon, although I admit that this is not going to be a film for everybody. There are going to be plenty of people, I'm sure, that find this movie too low stakes, too ridiculous, too talky. But I was delighted by every frame of this film, and it will be appearing on my list of favorite 2022 movies, I can guarantee you that. Great movies are able to transport you somewhere else, and when they do their job properly, it feels like a magic trick. Well, I found The Banshees of Sharon to be a magical film. It has been in limited release in very few theaters for the past couple of weeks. It is expanding to more theaters this weekend in the domestic market, so if it hasn't been available near you, there's a better chance this weekend that it is going to be available, and hopefully in the next week or two it will continue continue its nationwide expansion. If you're looking for a complete picture of the movies of 2022, especially for awards consideration, but more importantly, just for seeing great movies, then I think The Banshees of Sharon has got to be on your to-see list. Have you been rowing? We haven't been rowing. 
I don't think we've been rolling. Have we been rolling? Those are my thoughts on the Banshees of Inna Sharon. Are you looking forward to seeing it? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, you know Ireland is an island, but you know what else is? New Zealand, where they filmed Amazon's The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. How's that for a segue? I'm still prepping my full review of season one, but until that drops, if you're looking for a behind the scenes look at that show, then the sponsor for this video will probably be right up your alley. Take it away, Felicia Day. I'm Felicia Day, and I'm the host of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. In every episode, I'm going backstage for an all-access look at what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. I'll even have the first full breakdown of the incredible season finale with the series showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. I will be sharing juicy behind-the-scenes stories and processing all the holy crap moments with the members of the cast and crew. Numenor has got to be the most amazing thing ever, and we wanted it to just be the greatest kingdom of men that ever existed. The elves are arrogant and vain. They're not beyond being corrupted. Can, can I just say, watching Owen Arthur eat in his full regalia is the most hilarious thing. So if you want to deep dive into every episode, watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Thanks so much to the Rings of Power official podcast for sponsoring this video, and thank you for watching. I'll be back very soon with more movie news, reviews, box office, and more. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.